Hello again. I'm Hannah Anderson, and this is SOMA Podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for joining us each week as we've been hearing stories about how God is at work at SOMA. This is episode six of our series, Empowered, Stories of the Unconventional, Unexpected, and Surprising Work of God. And for me personally, it's been deeply encouraging. Whether you know the voices that are in conversation or not, there's still something rich and deep about hearing our brothers and sisters in Christ tell how they've experienced the presence and leading of the Spirit in their lives. The same Spirit at work in them is at work in us, binding us together in fellowship and worship of our King Jesus. Today, we're going to press into these bonds that we share and ask questions about the role community plays in our lives, especially how the Holy Spirit draws us into community and works through community. To do this, we've invited Tori and Jenna Mindrepro to the conversation. Tori and Jenna are leaders of an MC or missional community at SOMA, but long before that ever happened, they found themselves the recipients of the love and care of an MC. They were newly returned to Indy with a new baby and a deep need of community. But I'll let them tell that story for themselves. Still, as much as we find ourselves in need of community, it can also be very hard to build or rebuild community as the case may be. So Tori, Jenna, and I talk about that too. What are the challenges of vulnerability? How can we move toward each other even when we're nervous? And what role does the Holy Spirit play in bringing us into thick, lasting relationship with other believers? Let's listen in. Well, Tori and Jenna, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. Um, I find that I'm asking people that I've never met in person, perhaps, and I shoot you guys an email and everyone's been so gracious and you guys were gracious as well to say, yes, we'll come on. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your graciousness to come on and for your willingness to share. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us and thank you just for, yeah, all that you're doing for Soma on, on so many levels. I, I really do appreciate it. Well, as we're kind of moving into our conversation today, why don't you give us, um, give listeners a little more background about who you guys are? Who is Tori and Jenna? How, where did you come from? How did you meet? How did you come to Jesus? How did you come to Soma? Just give us all the details. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, both Jen and I grew up uh, in families that were were highly involved in churches and, and you know, uh, you know, just say different denominations, but just very much like the culture of of raising families up in the church. Uh, and 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 I know that even um, so, Jen and I, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, met online uh, through Match. And and you know, Jenna can even tell you saying like, you know, I, I had a G.K. Chesterton quote uh, on my profile, and oh, and that'll she was just, get him every time. Tour. Yep. So I knew he'd be a good guy. I was like, well, he's got to be at least worth going on a date with. You know, yeah, so. yeah. So it was just like, um, oh, I can't remember. It was from Orthodoxy, but it was more just saying like, you know, it was like just some Christian quote. And so I think she definitely was like, all right, well, let's let's just see from there. Um, but we met actually out, uh, gosh, now six years ago, um, almost to the day, just a couple of days ago, we we went on our first date out in Denver uh, and met at a breakfast place. I, I'm sure. Uh, Hannah, just that, you know, my wife was like, well, maybe I'm not sure about this day, but if nothing else, I can go to breakfast and then go to work afterwards. And uh, 
I was in real estate out there and I was like, great, this cute gal wants to have breakfast with me. Well, I, I, I'm going to say yes, for sure. And um, I think, you know, the fun thing was just saying like, I knew that at breakfast wanted to have another date and she said yes. And then, you know, six years later, you know, here we are. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think um, something unique about Tori and I's story is we were both a little older when we, we met and got married. So um, feels kind of rapid in some moments of our story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Kansas. He grew up here and met in Denver. And then we were married in Denver and spent about a year of our marriage there. <laughs> and then um, just really felt that God was calling us back to Indiana um, to be closer to his family, but also just for cost of living. We were expecting our first baby and just knew that we'd be able to hopefully have a lifestyle that we desired in Indianapolis that was going to be more challenging in Denver. So we moved to Indy in August of 2017. Yeah. We had um, a couple of different friends who didn't know each other, but had heard of Soma in um, random ways who recommended it to us. And we thought, huh, and they're actually friends who didn't even live in Indy, which yeah. is what was cool or about it. We didn't really know each other. Yeah. Like, and so yeah. Um, we're like, well, we should give it a try. And so we lived in town for about a, maybe like three weeks to a month. Yeah. Went, yeah. To, went to Soma and have been there since. So, you know, it is so amazing how certain seasons of our life change everything about our lives, right? Within a matter of just a few years, you can go from being single to married to having kids, to living in a completely different state. And, you know, when those kind of moments happen for me, I, I find myself sometimes just a little shell-shocked and, and like, okay, what just happened? Like my life looks nothing like it looked even three years ago. Um, and that can be kind of disorienting um, if, if it happens too rapidly. Yes, I would say. I mean, it's... Jenna, Jenna <laughs> definitely feels that, say, like more than I... I I'm the one and like, I'm, I'm much more present oriented of just seeing things in the moment and the now and, and Jenna's our good reflector and, and plan oriented person. And so it, it is those moments where you look back and say, oh, wow, we, we have been together a long time, but also it feels like very short. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it's been, uh, a blessing in some ways to our ministry, maybe that we didn't realize was because we could encourage people who are, for example, turning 30. And it's like, oh, girl, when I was 30, it wasn't even like I was single. I wasn't even thinking about, you know, being married. And now yeah. look at me at 37. I've got a family, two kids and nothing I would have dreamed of, of my on my 30th birthday. So and oddly enough, I proposed to Jenna like two days before um, my 30th birthday, you know, so saying like, you know, just capping my 20s in the best way possible. But yeah, yeah, it, uh, we both had good communities and good friends around us, uh, just in our early 20s and early 30s. And, and you know, community's just been a, a really strong thing for both of us uh, as we have gone through life, be it, you know, family or close friends. We, we definitely had people that uh, have helped us throughout the years. And, and, you know, that's such an uh, interesting 
thing to think about in terms of the different seasons of our lives, because I've also experienced that sometimes communities shift with those seasons. And so to hear you say, you know, we've had these people, friends, family who have been there and been part of that. I don't know that that's always what happens, right? Because like we have our single friends or we have our friends we went to college with, or we have, um, when you move into marriage or family, you have your married and your family friends. And it's one of the things that's been a surprise to me, even going through my adult life was the degree to which my community changed based on what was going on in my life. Um, and, and I've struggled with that in some respects, um, because I like Jenna, don't like things. I like to have my plan. I like to have things the way I think they're going to be. And the kind of disruptions that happen aren't just disruptions that happen in your own timeline. They're also disruptions in relationships too. I mean, you move from Denver to Indy, you leave people, right? And you might meet new people here, but there's also that kind of, I don't know, ebb and flow of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I won't speak for Tori, but I think it's probably he would say something similar. He and I, before we met, we both had our own communities, um, a very much, you know, the people we hung out with, the people we spent our weeknights with as singles, not that they were all single friends, but we had our own, we each had our own communities. And then in Denver, we really were trying to figure out, well, how do we get these mix of friends to meet us? in the middle now that we are a couple. And so it was always kind of felt like, oh, we're going to hang out with your friends tonight or, oh, we're going to hang out with your friends tonight. Um, And I think that that was kind of a gift for moving to Indy and that we have had the opportunity to create our friends. Like they were couples, they're friends that us as a couple and not couple friends that Tori brought to our marriage or that I brought to our marriage, but um, the friends that we have as a couple. And I think, be it single, say, be it married, yeah. you know, like, I think that's been the beauty of it, of just saying, like, we changed who our identities were in, in you know, being married to each other and, and yet saying, like, you know, separate still, but still together. And yet it's saying, like, there's that common bond as we were out here uh, as married. And so it's just been this. But new... being able to create still space for single people in our life. And, yeah. Um, people without kids and yeah, it just, it has been a nice for us to be able to have friends that we created as a family rather than just your friends and my friends, which is what we kind of had in Denver. And I think it's even nice too, saying like, um, because we'd been single for a while. And also I would say like, you know, I had a, a level of say discontent and wanted to be married, but like had great friends you know, and really great community. I know that Jenna had the same. And I think that was a blessing of just saying that we both were content being on our own and yet found just a, a really happy blessing of, of being together and, and being able to share that with friends that are uh, single out here and, and friends that are, are married out here and just saying we, we know and enjoy the blessings of both stages. Mm. I want to press into this a little bit more because it, it sounds like you both um, maybe 
have have found ways or have learned certain habits or patterns to to know how to move into community or to how to engage in community. And the reason I bring this up is because I recently saw a headline um, that said something like, you're not uncool. It's just really hard to make friends as adults. <laughs> and and I felt that in my bones. And my <laughs> husband said, no, actually, you are uncool. And <laughs> I think it was an NPR headline and I was like, okay, that's NPR just like speaking to their base. Right. But it was, it was speaking this truth that it can be very hard as adults to form new relationships, new friendships, new community. And, you know, at some points in your life, you're just too tired or too exhausted to do that. And so I'm curious, what have you learned? What have you experienced about community, particularly the community of believers, community at SOMA, that you say, no, this is really worth it. Like we have seen God use this in our lives and we've seen our own relationships being able to be used for other people. What kinds of things make it worth it? I think... First, I would say, when we moved to Indy, the only people we knew were Tori Spanley and a couple of friends from his childhood that really had their own lives. Um, and Tori and I were in strong communities in Denver, and we like looked at each other probably a month in and said, we have to make friends. Like We are people who thrive on being in relationship with others. We need to make friends. And so we committed ourselves to saying yes anytime someone invited us to doing something. And I think that was pretty transformative for us the first few months that we lived in Indy um, of saying yes when we were invited to come to someone's house, even if it was on the weeknight. And I don't, I would have told you at that time I didn't love doing stuff on the weeknights or saying yes to coming to you know, an awkward neighbor's house, whatever it was, we were just committed to saying yes, because we longed for that relationship. Um, and I, I think that Soma has been like, honestly, like the biggest source of community and blessing for us. Um, because of that, because of saying yes, and because of people who saw us for who we were and really knew that we were longing to be in community. We were, we wanted to be friends. We were willing to invest. We were willing to be vulnerable and they were meeting us where we were. Um, and I think even too, like God, um, like we, and like we, we prayed over that. Like we, we were about to have a baby in a new city and, and just feeling the loss of some of Jenna's family you know, moving further away from them, like from our close friends that, you know, and, and, and just all these different things, uh, and, and just saying like, God answered those prayers and, and even just our own vulnerabilities in those moments of, of just saying like, yeah, we're, we're missing this, but like, we're, we're looking for community and, and just that vulnerability of saying yes. And, and also as Jen and I are people who, uh, are open about our, our past and history of just like in conversations and, and sharing that, I, I think helped to jumpstart that as well. Um, but I, I would say like Soma was a pivotal part of us feeling at home in Indiana 
uh, even, you know, dad is saying, yeah, I grew up here, but it wasn't home. And it has become home because of the community that we've dove into. Right. Yep. And I mean, honestly, that's just thanks to our, thanks to our MC. Our MC just, I mean. Yeah, our missional community. Yeah, I mean, they just really uh, wrapped their arms around us in a time when we had high need. They have continually in times when we've had high need. But um, we just knew that life was better shared with others. And I think we both brought that to our marriage because we had experienced the need for community as singles. I think sometimes that could be something that is missed when you are always in relationship as an adult. But Tori and I knew the value of community coming into our relationship as a married couple. And so we were willing to be vulnerable and say yes when it was a stretch to us so that we could be in community because we knew that that's what we longed for and desired. Okay, now I got to stop and bring that forward because I think that is a really significant observation that you're making, Jenna. Um, So often within our culture, within American culture, or even within church culture, we kind of position the nuclear family unit as your basic form of community. And so what you're describing is actually that in your singleness, you saw a bigger vision for God's family than maybe what folks who are in their nuclear families receive from the culture. So so the culture doesn't offer us this expansive vision beyond our immediate uh, relationships or immediate friendships. And, and what I hear you saying, Jenna, is like that, that season of not being within nuclear family actually gave you insight and perspective about the diversity and the extent of God's family and the, the community that is so much bigger than maybe just those within our own homes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Tori and I were, I mean, yeah, we were both living in Denver away from our nuclear families. And so if we wouldn't have had good communities of friends to walk alongside life with, our 20s would have looked a lot differently um, for us. And I even think, too, it's it's an interesting thing of um, moving back towards nuclear family as a launching point. And, and yet saying, like, that has always been a good constant. And and yet it's saying, like, they were in different stages. And, and we were in a very new and vulnerable stage. And, and our SOMA community was able to be very present in that and wrap around that and care for us in that. Um, in, in ways that, you know, just the, the nuclear family that I had was was years and almost like, you know, half a decade to a decade away from having kids. And so it was just, it was something where, gosh, Jen and I being in our thirties, you know, hanging out with like people who are 25 and 26, but there was a very similar stage. So it was like, even though there were differences, there was just a unity in, in because of our vulnerability to each other. Yeah. And that's the thing I I think that's something that we don't always understand because here's the risk of community, right? You have to be vulnerable 
to access community, but you're not going to be able to access what you long for until after you take that risk, right? So it's almost like you've got to put yourself forward before the community exists in the way that you would feel safe with, right? So I I think, you know, humanly speaking, we would say, well, once I know a place is safe, then I'll be vulnerable, or then I'll be open to more relationship. And and I think there there's obviously, you know, you felt the the welcome and the embrace of your missional community and the church. But there's also this sense of it sometimes you just gotta step out and kind of take that risk. But I think as Christians, what we're risking, what we're taking the risk is we, we know that we're not alone. That ultimately we're stepping out in the Holy with the Holy Spirit. We're stepping out with God. We're we're trusting to your point, Tori, that He's going to bring people that we can pray and ask for those relationships. That that is a legitimate thing to desire and seek, and know that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into community. Yeah, and and I think Hannah, to that point, I'm just saying like. Um, it was, we had our first anniversary here in Indiana. So, so with, with, of just saying like we had already moved prior to even like having a year under our belt as a married couple. And, and I would say like God worked in us in that loss of both of our communities um, and, and just having to dive into each other. And I would say also like the, the, the blessedness of just our, our savior grabbing onto us uh, in that moment and just kind of bringing us together. Like I, I, there were a lot of huge changes that all happened um, and it happened together. And, and it, it was just saying like, that was really just a blessing of, of launching us towards each other and towards God mm-hmm. uh, that, that might not have happened had we stayed in Denver it would not have happened in such a richness that it did um, it, because it was new for both of us saying, yes, I grew up here, but I hadn't been back in Indiana for about a decade. Like my, my life had taken me elsewhere for, for about 10 years. And so it, it was new to me too. And, and I think that, um, that, that vulnerability and loss actually brought us towards each other and, and then brought us as a unit towards the community. Uh, and that I think is, is helped us in so many ways as a married yeah. couple. Well, and I think it just also, in thinking about it, I remember saying to you at some point, like, I need friends to do coffee with. I don't need best friends when yeah. we moved here. Yeah. Like I need friends to grab morning coffee with. I don't need best friends. And because I went in, and that may sound terrible, but when I went in with those expectations, I actually now would say I have some of my very best friends here. Um, but it was allowed me the freedom to not have to step into conversations with women with like, oh my gosh, I really need you to like me. It allowed it to be more authentic and in my vulnerability of like, I just, this is who I am. Do you want to meet me for coffee? Okay, great. If not, and um, but yeah, I think we kind of stepped into it of like we don't need best friends because we were really comp- we really had good friends from yeah. our past. But just like 
we want people to do game night with and stuff that we missed from Denver. And that really actually, God has like abundantly blessed us far greater than that. But we had little expectations, I guess, coming in. Well, and I'll even offer like just a little bit of like Jen and I so many times have the same core values, but from different perspectives. Like I had friends that I hung out with just about every night. Like it was a group of guys that in Denver, in Denver, um, like really like we had one married friend, the rest of us were our singles and that, that was our very tight knit community. And so I, I just remember the ache for me at the beginning. Like I remember talking with Jenna, just saying like, man, I just wish we would talk something about other than sports. Like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm craving like just this, this community and intentionality. And I think for me, it was just a, a true commitment of like, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable. Like any question you ask me, I will take to the next level of sharing just cause I, I, I crave that, that level of uh, community and, and God bless that, heard that, saw that. And, and now like I, I have friends who, who know me and I'm very willing to be known uh, by them. And I think the beautiful thing is also having guys that will share their vulnerabilities uh, with me. And, and that I have found for a lot of guys is a unique thing. And, and it's something that you have to continually fight for, I think, with a lot of guys. And, and I have guys that I'm very willing to do that with here. And I like what you're both um bringing forward, which is not every relationship or every friendship does the same thing. And so when you think about being embedded in a community or kind of building these bonds and relationships within church life or within your own kind of set of friends, there is the kind of awareness that we can just let this relationship be what it's going to be, let God make it what it's going to be, and entrust even the relationship to him so that we're not in this place of, um, you know, as you said, Jenna, like, I don't need you to be something for me. And we can enter into these relationships more holistically and knowing that God has his purposes, even for differing relationships that that we all serve each other in unique ways and in different ways and so that we don't have to find everything about our relational um needs in one person or in one space um but we've talked about some of the challenges to building relationship building community what are some of the surprises what looking back would you say is I never saw that coming? I would never have guessed what? What are the surprises to you um, about your experience of building community? You know, Jenna and I had good friends in Denver and and best friends. And, And yet it's saying like there is such a, deeper richness of uh, our friends at SOMA that, that are committed to building relationships with Christ and, and having friends like that we found in the church together. Like I, I would say that that, that that was the dynamic surprised me of just saying like, these are people that are 
like in a church working towards like you know those goals and caring for each other and and just seeing like the best way I could say like that surprised me and just how they cared for us was we were gosh maybe a month and a half two months into knowing these people at Soma and um, friends that we barely knew created a meal train for us when we had our baby and and like the thing that just brings me such a, a smile of joy of I was saying like we wouldn't have had to cook a meal for 10 weeks that Jenna was on leave unless we wanted to. And, and, you know, it was family as well and some of the other friends around here, but it, it was, you know, uh, lifted up and carried by that new community we had in Soma. And, and I think just the surprise of, of that brought such joy to us. And, and we've worked really hard to be able then like repay that in different moments. And I think that just kind of sparked a fire in us as a couple when we experience that kind of surprising community. Yeah, I think just kind of to continue on that, um, just that people are so willing to meet your needs. Mm. Um, Tori and I, we had a miscarriage a few months, a few years ago. Um, and that same day, like people were, keeping Scarlet for us. They were one of the gals from, you know, came over and just sat on the couch with me and cried because she had lost the baby too. Like people are just willing to drop things for us. Mm. And um, I don't think we had experienced that before of people just so sacrificially giving um, their time their labor, their efforts to make sure that we are cared for, whether it's in seasons of joy or hardship or people who you know are genuinely praying for you because they text you two days later and say, hey, like, how's this going on? Like they remembered or friends who remember big events two years later Mm. and they text you and say, I know today is a hard day for you or happy birthday to Malcolm or just people who are intentional, the intentionality of Christ following community, I think here in Indy has just like knocked us away. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I hear in that a, a call for us to also be sensitive to the way the Holy Spirit is leading us to invest in other people's lives that there is this work of bonding people together that the Holy Spirit does, but he does it in very practical ways. It's not like this, you know, this cloud of bonding drops down and everybody, it, it is through the daily practical things that the kind of good works that he leads us into to nudge us in a certain direction and say, go be there for that person text this person, show up for this person. And, and I think one of the beautiful things, and I've experienced this in community as well, is that you don't know how that thing that you see as relatively small is going to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's been very powerful. Um, and, and, and in just powerful and remembering um, of, of just saying, like, 
being intentional to reach out for others. Like, gosh, um, you know, um, we've been through just some hard times and, and like God has been good throughout them and provided us good things and good people. And it's just such a joy to have moments when you get to be there for someone else of, of just saying, you know, God cared for me, um, in the really low and hard moment. And, and I am so excited to be able to be there for you. And I think the really fun thing is when it's, um, in a community where that friend got to care for you in a low moment. And then the time comes when you get to be there for them. There, there's such a, a hard blessing in that. And, and whether they remember it or not, the moment or not, even to your point, Hannah, is just saying you don't know the little moments that meant something to someone. Um, and, and when you can have just the lens of the Holy Spirit to look back and say, you know what, God was there in that moment and he was there through those people. And, and then just getting to point that forward and saying we can be that for someone else is really just, um, it's, it's, it's great and it's powerful. And I think just fun is the word that I get to say of just saying like, it's fun when you get to be that person who can care for someone else. How can we pray for you all? How can folks uh, carry your burdens with you? Um, what is on your plate right now? Um, what do you need folks to shoulder with you? You know, like right now, the things that come to my mind of um, there, there are some, some shakiness, but there is a, a fair foundation of care. And, and we have just some friends that are, that are just in need of the care that even they gave us and, and friends from afar and out of state. And just that, that we can be that place that people can come to and that we will be, um, strong and rooted in Christ that, that we can care for them uh, as well. Like, I think it just seemed when you care for people, it, it, it has to come from a place of like God's foundation and leaning into him or, or that strength won't last. And I think just as we look to care for some of our friends and family, that, that we would have that foundation in him and, mm -hmm. and then have that foundation in each other um, just in the, so that in those big and little moments that drain at us, that we can just trust in him and each other. Yeah. Agreed. I think we just have, um, yeah, just people in our community who are suffering, who are going through hard things. And we want to be able to have the capacity of time, which can sometimes feel like a barrier. Yeah. Um, and the emotional capacity to mm. care for them and meet for them. 
Um, so I think for us, it's just our desire is great to be able to care for others, to bring others into our community, but oftentimes um, time seems like a bit of a barrier for us. And so that God would just help us to be able to create the time and the space that he wants and meaningful interactions that don't need to be um, necessarily super long or whatever it may be. And, And even then too, like with that, as we, you know, so we have two kids and, and like our marriage and family are important, just saying like it's God, family and others. And, and so as we have that desire to care for others, that, that we would be rooted in God and each other so that we can, and, and just be aware of when we're tired and when we're not at our best and, and have that grace for each other uh, so that we can keep kind of engaging and, and, moving forward in our walk together. Well, I would love to pray for you all um, in these ways. And let's go ahead and turn to the Father now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you bring people together through your Son, that you teach us how to be in relationship with each other, that you give us opportunities to be united and commune with others, that you teach us how to care for each other the way you have cared for us. Thank you for Tori and Jenna's heart for others. Thank you for the blessing that community has been to them. Thank you for the ways they've been able to pour back into others' lives. And I just ask that you will give them the clarity and the wisdom they need to to follow the Holy Spirit into the good works that you have laid out for them, that they would know in specific ways how to care for their friends and family that might be suffering, that you would clearly point them in certain directions and not in others, that they would have um, a sense of your presence in leading them even in their caregiving of others. I pray that you will give them a deep well of resources within their relationship with you and with each other, that they would draw from that and that your grace and your peace and your kindness would flow through them and that they would receive and experience it first, even as they extend it to others. And I pray that you will give them um, the time they need as a family, the time they need to fulfill the desire they have to serve others, give them wisdom and making choices um, and how to follow in the path that the Holy Spirit leads them on. Thank you for their love of your people. Thank you for their sacrifice to care for others. We ask that you will care for them as they care for others. In Jesus' name, amen.